You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 262. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of FlutingRenation.com. I am Jimmy Kemsky from PhillyVoice.com. Practice number seven of Eagles training camp is in the books. Uh, Padded practice once again. They will practice. We're recording this on a Saturday. They will practice again tomorrow on Sunday at Lincoln Financial Field. Seven o'clock, I think, Brandon. Yep. Yeah. So uh, if you can make your way down there, make sure that you uh, say hello from the, from the stands if you see Brandon or me on the sidelines during practice. Uh, but before we get to practice today, uh, I first of all, my sister texted me this morning. Wow. And she said that she bought a nine pack of, of uh, Righteous <laughs> Felon craft jerky it was wow. like nine different flavors and some sticks she said too i think the meat tubes Jimmy. meat t- that's probably what it was uh for her husband ron my brother-in-law ron is going Shout out to ron. be uh chowing down on some uh on some meat snacks over the next uh, few weeks with uh this purchase my, my sister said actually it was already discounted and then nice. on top of the already discount she used BGN twenty. It was further discounted. So yes, uh, I, I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't even know she knew about it. I didn't even know she listened to the podcast. <laughs> and then she texted me saying that that she bought uh, righteous Val and craft jerky. So there you go. Well, can't wait to hear the review from Ron. We'll have to get that from you, Jimmy. Uh-huh. We'll have to get the the check in there. But I'm sure he's going to like it because it's great. You go to righteousfelon.com. Use discount code BGN twenty for twenty percent off your order. Do it today. Why not? now because the discount code is eventually going to go back down to 15 percent. right now it's at 20 percent off get your 20 percent off with bgn20 that's the discount code you want to use right now jimmy we have a practice to get into we do where do you want to start let's talk about it let's start start let's start with let's start with jalen today okay jalen hurts yeah as opposed Um, to jalen rager (laughs) right uh you want to go you can go Let's hear from you first. So I thought it was a stock even today day for him today. I thought there was a mix of good and bad. I have been trying to make a habit of checking in with other reporters to see what they think. I still I have my own determination that I'm pretty much going to go with no matter what. But I like to check just to make sure I'm checking myself and I'm not like crazy uh, off balance here. Um, and I got a bunch of other stock evens. So I kind of okay. lined up with how I felt what I was going to put anyway. And I think he did some good things in terms of there was some there's a really nice pass up the seam to Dallas Goddard. That's a throw I remember Mark Sanchez really being good at and probably his like best and only good throw. Um, and that's not something we've seen a ton from Hertz. So I like that. I liked uh, how he had, he had a really nice throw, I thought, to A.J. Brown that I originally thought was dropped. But apparently... It was not, according to A.J. Brown, who <laughs> tweeted it was a pass breakup. Yeah. Uh, but I also don't know if that's necessarily canon. Uh, I mean, of <laughs> right. course, he's going to say it's a pass breakup when it's you know him not looking good. Um, so, but regardless of the result of that play, I thought there was really good zip on the ball coming out and accuracy. Like that was like a kind of one of the closest things to like a wow throw in camp that surprised me. The ball really jumped out of his hand there. Now, I will say. You're talking about the deep uh, ball? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I feel like. Some of the best things from Jalen Hurts, or most of the best things, I should say, happened against the second team defense. And when the first team offense was going up against the first team defense, obviously it's not like rocket science to say they looked worse, but like also weren't 
very functional except for the red zone drill at the end where I thought the offense was efficient but to me that wasn't about Hertz carrying the offense there as much as he was kind of like being the point guard and, and to his credit not messing up but wasn't doing anything spectacular so I do give him credit I think that's a positive and maybe that's somewhere I will admit where I don't give Hertz enough credit where some quarterbacks would mess that situation up and maybe overcomplicate things he has a uh he's a knack for kind of not doing that in those spots but I just feel like if that's your best thing that's not like the super impressive highlight that you know if that's your if that's the best thing one of the best things you do then you're kind of not doing some other special things so overall I thought it was a mixed bag so I thought he was really good on two other throws too the seam route to Dallas Goddard where yeah, I mentioned that uh, one yeah Marcus Epps had a chance to pop him on that and he had mercy on Dallas Goddard as he should given that the right. drop off from Dallas Goddard to, I mean, whoever your number two tight end is, is going to be huge. So good on Marcus Epps for not uh, laying out Dallas Goddard on that play. Maybe it was a little bit of a hospital ball, but I actually liked the, that throw uh, down was the good. seam to Dallas Goddard. The other throw that I thought that was really good was A.J. Brown over the middle um, in sort of the it was intermediate. like a deeper slant, to, right? To, yeah, like an intermediate to deeper area of the field, probably like 20 or so yards down the field. And A.J. Brown was hauling ass uh, over the middle of the field. Like he was in a full sprint and Hertz hit him like on the money, like in stride. AJ Brown didn't have to break stride uh, after making that catch. And then he uh, stiff armed, you know, open palm right in the face to carry Vincent twice (laughs) on the uh, run after catch with. So that was an entertaining rep just to watch, but I thought that throw was really good. So I had him stock up just because of those Mm. three throws, the, you know, the deep ball that you mentioned, the seam, the seam route to Goddard that you mentioned, and then that throw, I mean, for me, those are three throws that he didn't consistently make last year during the season. And for me, if I see improvement in like some of the deficient areas, I'm kind of swayed by that, as I mentioned in a previous episode when I yeah. had him as a stock up and you had, a, had him as a stock even. Now, as a disclaimer, I did not watch seven on sevens. So whenever they play, they go seven on sevens. Brandon likes to watch the seven on sevens. I like to watch the O-line, D-line, one-on-ones. And actually, that works out nicely for the pod because we get sure. perspective on both. Um, and, you know, so I didn't see the uh, the interception that he threw, which was to Darius Slay. Um, I missed all that. I did peek over at one point and I saw him run <laughs> on a seven on seven. I was like, I was like oh, OK, there's going to be more of that on the pod, I guess. Uh, um, they don't love that, of course. So, um, again, I only had him on, on a stock up on basically what I really was watching from you know, beginning of rep to end of rep. And that was during team drills, 11 on 11. Um, so I can really only go on that. I have, I have, I have again, stock up for me. But if, uh, you know, you're stock even and we have to come to a consensus, I'll just go ahead and volunteer. We can go stock even because, okay. again, I didn't watch the seven on sevens when he didn't appear to be all that impressive. Yeah, and I just thought he underthrew Quez Watkins by a little bit. There was some talk. Uh, from a di- I think people who had a slightly different angle that Slay had a great rep on Quez Watkins the whole time. But I think both things can be true. I think it was a really good rep from Darius Slay. Mm-hmm. At the same time, the ball like hung a little bit and was not exactly uh, like out in front of Quez Watkins as it was. He had to come back and was behind him um, and didn't look like it was supposed to be that way. So I definitely don't think that was a great throw. And then, yeah, it's at least the fourth time in the past, like, three practices, I think, that Hertz has taken off running in seven-on-seven. Seven. That's too much. It's not like he's <laughs> taking – how many seven-on-seven seven reps is he even taking? That's not like 10 a they day. Haven't done, they, haven't have, they haven't done an – today especially was not a long session because yeah. they didn't have that many O-line, D-line. One, I only had three notes in my O-line, D-line notes today. Right. So it wasn't a long session at all. And, again, that runs concurrently with the seven-on-sevens. So you're running like, let's say he has had 12 reps in the past three practice. You're running on like a third of your seven on seven reps, which is a passing drill. Like, what are, what are we doing? Like, what is that? I, I just don't like that at all. Uh, it's happening way too much. It happened twice in the last practice, once today, at the very least. I just think that's way too much. Um, other Again, other times where he's holding on to the ball too long, there were two plays specifically. And also, basically like a dead zone for him. If you get him rolling left... He's not completing a pass, I feel like. I feel like that's yeah. almost been consistent in training game, which, you know, that kind of makes some sense in that he's right-handed. He's not, it's not going to be his strength, but it's almost just like he stands no chance. <laughs> like, like when he's gone left, like he did twice today, one time I thought he got sacked 
uh, and probably wouldn't have gotten the ball off. He ran forward for like two yards anyway, if you want to say he got away from the defense the second time. He threw it anyway, and it was out of bounds still, and it was more of a sack that time. It was clear the defense had gotten to him. So don't think that's great. Also, I was talking to ESP about this at one point. I was like, what do you think Jalen Hurts' yards per attempt are in this training camp, if you had to say? Like, if you had to guess, like, what do you think his yards per attempt are? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question. I'm sure it's, it's probably like, what? It's, it's not great. Six? Yeah. <laughs> like it's Sam had, Bradford kind of numbers. Yeah, he's had some bombs, I guess, that he's – well, the one – No, he hasn't. It should, well, it should have been completed. A, it should have okay. been completed today. Um, I, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess he should have also completed the one to Quez when Quez didn't run it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the on the actual results, his yards per his yards per yeah. target and his yards per completion are both low. That's why, like, it's just funny to me when you see some of the training camp stats and the completion percentage is high. Sure, but like, first of all, it should <laughs> yeah. be it's practice. Right. Second of all, he's like not throwing beyond like ten yeah, yards down get, the field. You're not getting, you know, you're not getting hit. You know, uh, and, and yeah. there, there's not even a line on seven and sevens, for example. Um, right. Your your touchdowns are of course going to be um, way higher when you do a full day of red zone drills. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the stats uh, are like I, like I said during another episode. Like I I I respect that uh, ESP tracks all that stuff, and yeah. uh, I often refer to it after practice just out of curiosity of like how many he completed. But it doesn't tell the full story, obviously. No, and, and yeah, actually, I his have... number. If you look at his numbers today, they aren't good. It was like no, whatever. Whatever. I mean, he ten of eighteen or something like that. Zero uh, touchdowns, no one touchdowns, one interception. But I thought it was a stock up day because he made three throws that he consistently has not made. Um, so I want to take like zoom out a little bit. We're through half of training camp already. I know yeah. that might sound crazy, but like we're through seven of the total fourteen practices the Eagles will have. That includes the practices against both Cleveland and Miami. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, there's just ten if you don't count those. Like, <laughs> what have you seen from Hertz? Like bigger picture, I would I would argue. So what I wrote about for BGN is like, I, I just don't think I'm seeing a significantly different player. I think he has made some strides in some regards, yes. But I don't think when you're talking about needle moving, big picture, I don't think he's going to be like drastically different from what he was last year. And I think that's a really not a good thing. I think he needs to be significantly different than he was last year. Yeah, I think there's improvement and it's uh I think there's obvious improvement. There's just not a lot of it. And I think that kind of um sort of reinforces the notion of what's his ceiling? Like is he is he capable of becoming like a top quarter of the league type of guy? And I, you know, I don't know that he's that. And I I think that improvements will continue to come in 2023 and beyond, but I think they'll be, you know, continue to be sort of incremental and, and, you know, by it'll kind of be baby steps. You know, I don't think we're going to see any kind of huge leap from one year to the next, because as a passer, he just isn't gifted that way, the same mm-hmm. way that he is uh, as a runner and, 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 and you know, via intelligence. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's kind of what we thought would maybe happen in this training camp where we'd see some improvement, but probably just not enough to to like go okay well this guy is primed for a huge season coming up and you know we'll see i think he's more of a gamer than he is a, a practice guy which he has shown you know in in past seasons um and you know we'll see w- what the outcome is uh, on the season but um you know about what i was expecting heading into camp he is who we thought he is <laughs> we let him off the hook um no i think bigger picture uh, you need to see significant improvement in part because it's not as simple as everything stays the same. And Jalen Hurts makes these slight tweaks and everything else stays the same. And by that, I mean the defenses are going to have more tape and time to prepare for him. So there's going to be, you know, like you have to account for that as well. The teams that are going to get, like everyone talked about after Chip Kelly's first season, which is a huge talking yeah, point going yeah, yeah. into 2014, like how teams have tape on him now. Teams have extensive tape on Jalen Hurts now. And specifically when it came to how the Eagles readjusted their offense last year and made it work. Like, so you, it can't just be minor improvements because you're also getting worse in a different area or could be, or at least you're facing more challenges in a different area. And so what, what I would say, I don't think he's improved to the level where you're like offsetting that part, that that other part that could be going against him. And yes, 
you know, we're halfway through training camp. It's possible he finishes strong, but I've said this before and I'll say it again. Like if he follows the same routine of camp, like he did last year, how am I supposed to like <laughs> buy into him being totally different this year? Cause that's just the same formula he kind of followed. So I don't feel great about that necessarily. Um, yeah. Uh, I think I had one more thing. Well, there was really a comp that, that was made and maybe this is more along like the fantasy football world uh, with, and we've talked about this before oh, a comp between, no. <laughs> between him and, and Josh Allen of the bills. <sighs> There's no comp there. Josh Allen is extremely gifted in terms of his physical abilities. Six, five, he's two forty ish, huge cannon arm can also run, can run guys over. He's like, he's got everything, everything you want physically out of, out of a quarterback. Jalen Hurts just doesn't have that. Like he's never going to be like on Josh Allen's level just because he's not gifted physically the way that Josh Allen is. So uh, yeah. Can he make a leap in year three? Sure. Josh Allen made a huge leap in year three because his, you know, the mental side of it finally caught up with his physical abilities and he became, you know, an elite quarterback. That's, you know, that, that kind of leap isn't coming from Jalen Hurts because He's like, like he's already there mentally. He's already smart. He's already intelligent. He can read, you know, he, he does he, like, he's, he's, he's all there mentally and competitively. And, and um, you know, that's not going to improve substantially because he's already smart. Um, but you know, the, the physical, like his, the mental side isn't going to catch up to the, rather the physical side is not going to be on the level of a Josh Allen, who is just so incredibly gifted that way. And hurt simply isn't. Last thing I'll say is that when you look at it again, zooming out big picture, no one can argue it's been a strong training camp for the offense. No one can say that. Yeah, of no course, one, yeah. I don't think yeah. anyone can say that. Like, you know, quarterback has a lot to do with that at the end of the day. So that's an issue. And if it ends camp, if camp ends that way, also an issue. People want to kind of question how much does practice matter? You know, some real Allen Iversons over here. It does. Guess what? It does. Carson Wentz looked on fire ahead of 2017. Carson Wentz sucked ahead of 2020, and that was pretty telling. Yeah, uh, I've heard our, our good friend Zach Berman talk about how maybe it doesn't mean everything because Nick Foles has looked bad in practices. And uh, yes, while true, I would say, number one, that's Nick Foles, though. He is very much up and down. He's his very high variance. Yeah. And also, like... He's just a very unique player from like from a general state. Like I would not use Nick Foles as a template for anything. He's incredibly uh, one of the he, oddest careers much, in NFL yeah, history. Yeah. Very much an anomaly. So that's not doesn't really like set the standard or a baseline for me. Not, with all due respect to Zebra, I'm not trying to rip him. I just don't like that. Brandon hates Zebra is what we're learning here. <laughs> I'll have to fight him. Um, all right, probably enough hurts talk for everyone who's still around. Uh, where else should we go today, Jimmy? Uh, I'll just go through very quickly, uh, O-line, D-line drills, since we just touched on seven on sevens. Jordan Davis is going to be really good immediately. Yes, <laughs> like, I'm so I'm sold on that. He's going to be, he's going to have an impact as a rookie. Today, he overpowered Cam Jurgens For the most part, Cam Jurgens has actually played really well against, uh, Jordan Davis, both in one-on-ones and, and in team drills, uh, whenever they've gone head to head, but Davis got, uh, you know, leverage quickly against him and then just walked him back into the pocket. Um, just totally overpowered him on Davis's next rep. He, I think he was aligned as like a three tech. I couldn't tell exactly because I had a sideline view as opposed to like from behind. Um, but he made like a three tech. He's got three tech moves in his arsenal. And I can't imagine being an offensive lineman lining up against this guy. And just the, the sheer size of this guy lining up against him. I, I got to imagine like these guys in their head, they're like, just don't get run over. Just don't get run over. And then yeah. you account for that. And then bang, he just goes right around you. The move that he made to the outside and granted the, 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 the player he was facing off here uh, was Cameron Tom, a guy they added like a day or two before training camp began. So, you know, advantage Davis right off the bat, but the move that he made on this guy <laughs> around the edge just went right around him for this. It's actually the second time this has happened. This camp where he just made a guy look like he was standing in quicksand with cinder block feet. It's his quickness is absolutely remarkable. And when he can move like that, when opposing offensive linemen are thinking he's just going to bowl them over on every down, He's got a chance to be really special, and I don't think that the concerns that he can't rush the passer at all are valid. Yeah. 
because he is going yeah. to get after the passer. I don't know if his stats are going to show that in his rookie season or po- possibly even throughout his career, but he's that guy is going to pressure the the you know opposing passers uh, throughout his career. Two more quick notes: Lane Johnson has absolutely destroyed Hassan Raddick throughout camp, like on, mm. on these one on one drills. And I don't think it's like a uh, a slight to Radicare. I just think we just sometimes undervalue how awesome Lane Johnson is as a player. And then one more thing, um, just a guy that I hadn't mentioned yet in my notes, but he's kind of shown up every day and and uh, done nice things both in team drills and one-on-ones. It's Big Marv, Marvin Wilson. Big Marv. Who was um, an undrafted rookie free agent uh, out of Florida State last year of uh, the Browns. Browns cut him. At 53. Yeah, you talked about this on the last spot. I did. Okay. Uh, The Eagles signed him to the practice squad. And uh, he had another good day today, too. So he's most, it's been like 73 on 73 crime uh, (laughs) during, it's him against Bill Dunkel every day. Who might be the worst player in camp. He's been dunking on poor Bill Dunkel uh, all camp. Uh, So I'd like to actually see him get some matchups against, you know, like real NFL offensive linemen and see what he can do against them. Uh, but for now, he has, you know, dominated the the competition that he has gone up against so far. I didn't watch one-on-one so much. Tried to look when I could. Um, but I noticed some trench play that I will point out. Uh, Teron Jackson, I think, has kind of had some flashes in camp. Not Hasn't really been consistently a monster, but he's really flashed on certain pass rush opportunities, I would say. And in that vein, I want to establish his credit a little bit because I thought Josh Sills who was playing okay. at left tackle with the the availability issues the Eagles have there. I didn't see that. That's, a good, that's a good note by you. Yeah, he he stonewalled Jackson on one rep there. And I was like, oh, that's pretty good for undrafted rookie free agent who people thought might have been more of a guard uh, kicking out there and, and stopping Jackson, who's had some nice moments this summer. So I, that's that's something to maybe file away and keep an eye on, see if he might be anything. Probably more of a practice squad guy, but still, um, I thought that was a nice note. Uh and actually, I was now that you to... mentioned that, I think Sills played all five offensive line spots uh, okay. during his time. Oklahoma State, I think he played four. Uh, uh, I don't not, know. Not totally sure. Uh, but I think he played either four or five different spots along the O-line there. So that actually makes some sense. That's a guy that's possibly, you know, practice squad material. No way that guy's making the team because they're just so loaded along the offensive line. And also, Teron Jackson had a sack on that bomb by Hertz that we talked about earlier okay. to AJ Brown. So he, that play actually didn't even count because he got sacked. Hertz got sacked before that. But, I didn't see that. Okay. But, uh, but the, the throw was, was, you know, so good and notable that, I mean, who cares? Like he yeah. got, it's not his fault that he got sacked, Like he got the ball right. out uh, on time, but Teron Jackson was able to get to him uh, very quickly on that play for a sack. A couple of random things, I guess, before we transition to the people I want to talk about, but I have to save until the awards okay. for content's sake. Uh, I thought Britton Covey kind of had another good day for the most part. Mm-hmm. He had a bad drop on the final play yeah. of the practice, which was developmental period. Um, but he, he was seeing f- some first-team slot receiver reps, yep. which is like, that's interesting because he just had his best day, arguably, before on Thursday. So it mm-hmm. looks like they wanted to get him some more work with the starters and see how he did. And I thought he had some good moments with the offense there. Nothing like incredibly, you know, not a game-breaking kind of player, but like solid and shifty in the inside there. Um, so that was nice. Didn't really talk about A.J. Brown in terms of just like him being a volume target hog. <laughs> yeah. Hurts. Hertz is is loving throwing to that guy, yeah. and understandably so. And uh, I tweeted out today, like, all Jalen Hurts is, does is throw to A.J. Brown. And some people were like, I think, took that as a complaint. It's not really a complaint. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, that's what he, he just, it's what's happening. Yeah. It's, it's not like that's a problem necessarily. Although, you know, there's times where you probably want to work your, uh, you know, work the field and work your, your reads and everything and not just always throw to him all the time. Uh, but you know, Devontae Smith isn't out there currently and mm-hmm. Brown's pretty good. So that's good. I do not love, I do want to bring up the tweet from AJ Brown after practice. I guess I already brought up the one where he said it it's was a pass TV. breakup Yeah. next. And then he deleted it, which like, I don't, we've talked about it before, I guess, but the, like AJ Brown is responding to everything, like, any kind of comment. Yeah, it's going to burn out. Or, like <laughs> it's not good, man. It's not good. Like who cares? The rabbit ears with this team are a little, it's, it's a red flag for me. I have to say. Yeah, it's been a lot of players too. It's been him. It's been Rager. It's been, uh, who else? Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders. Um, but yeah, uh, AJ Brown is fighting 
on Twitter on a lot of different levels. He's fighting Tennessee <laughs> fans. Uh, I mean, just, I mean, and, and like not even provoked really. Like yeah. he responded to Debo Samuel getting a contract and his <laughs> message was he, that we basically said we all got basically the same contract referring to him, DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel. Um, or was it DK Metcalf? I got, who cares? It doesn't matter. Um, I think it was Debo, but whatever. It doesn't matter. And he said, "Oh, well, we all got the same contract, but I guess it was me, and uh, you know, <laughs> I guess it was my, you know my fault that it, whatever, who cares? It doesn't whatever." Uh, so there's that. He's defending um, the you know Jalen Hurts when uh, D Gun came out with his report that uh, the Eagles were you know concerned about the way that he played during OTAs, and then now, I mean, who cares if people think that like Darius Slay didn't tip the pass on the long ball? <laughs> It doesn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. It's a. It's a training camp practice. Who cares? Who also, cares? Like, if you were going to come at me specifically, not saying he was, but if he was going to come, well, at a lot me of different people said that. That's a lot of people said that it was a drop. I think. Right, but I'm saying if he was going to come at me specifically, I even included in there. He had the eighth worst drop rate in the league last year. Okay. So okay, maybe that play wasn't a drop, but you had bad drops last year. And you had to drop like early in training camp and you fumbled. So you can't like the, the theme of like your hands might be a problem. You can't be like, no, they're definitely not like, that's a dumb point. Like, no, it's not a dumb point. It's definitely kind of fair to wonder. So in a situation he, got, like that, he's got to stop paying attention now. Yeah. He, I it, agree. It's, it's not, this isn't Nashville. Nothing good can possibly come out of it. <laughs> I mean, it, it, he's coming from, you know, Ole Miss he went to Nashville and now like he's in, one of the football hungriest town, maybe yeah. the football hungriest city in the NFL. So I don't even think we're like criticizing him here as much as we're trying to look out for him and be like, AJ, do not yeah, yeah, right. give me free advice Stop here. It, man. <laughs> you're going to, you're going to get burned out too quick. Uh, All right. Uh, I mean, if he's good, quick. it doesn't matter. Cause everyone will like, sure. I mean, the, the, the praise will, um, I mean, just completely drown out any quibbling, but just, I would, you know, just, yeah. you just got to not pay attention for a little while, I think. I don't love the vibes and the energy coming out of that, that whatever that is going on there. <laughs> uh, I will say two quick more things before I'm ready to go to break. And that's number one, I thought Josh Job had his best day yes, at training agreed. camp, which was kind of important for him because Kerry Vincent Jr. and Jimmy Moreland both left practice and Matt. Mac McCain, my guy, uh, was upgraded to limited, but still isn't practicing fully. So kind of an opportunity for him to step up. He had a pass breakup on a Gardner Minshew throw over the middle. Mm -hmm. Also, I want to give him credit for having tight coverage on Jalen Rager. And I believe he knocked the ball out, or at least him being so close to Rager made helped uh, the defense get a play where Rager couldn't hold on to the ball as he was going to the ground. That's so the one where his helmet came off too. Yes, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think he deserves some credit for being in tight coverage <laughs> on that play. Yeah. So, uh, good for him. I mean, he's still fighting with a lot of other guys to make a roster, but uh, he flashed a little bit. And then one last thing I had, and then you can respond to these if you want. Yeah. Derek Burnett's quietly had a good camp. Yeah. Uh, okay. He's gotten some good. You know, he's. I think he's gotten some good pressure. He's only been penalized one time that I can remember, which is good. Nothing, you know, that makes me believe he's gonna. I'd be a double digit sack guy this season or anything, but like quietly for a guy who could probably use a quiet camp in terms of being, you know, public enemy number one, or at yeah. least one of the public enemies last year for him to kind of just be quiet and have a good camp. It's a, it's a, it's a nice thing for him. I have a couple really quick things. Um, you're probably going to get to this, but I'm going to say it right now. Anyway, okay. <laughs> uh, Jason, Huntley. Steal my thunder, Jason, my guy. Huntley ran with some anger today. Like we all know he's yes, fast, sir. but he he ran over. Was that a defensive back? I th I didn't see who it was who we ran over. I had a tough time remembering or tracking that too. Yeah, the angle was tough. And then uh, later in practice, he had a play where he was running near the sideline, and he could easily just dipped out of bounds. Nope, he he tried nope. to take jo the aforementioned Josh Job, throw <laughs> him to the ground with a stiff arm. Didn't quite succeed doing that, but I love the I love the aggression sure. that he ran with the there. Chutzpah. And even uh, got some, you know, whoops from the uh, offensive oh, players yeah. on the sideline. Yep, uh, a lot of a lot of people yelling, a lot of hunts being there. Yeah, they, they yeah. Call hunt. a lot of hunts being yelled out from the uh, sideline today. Um, Josiah Scott, you mentioned uh, 
how Josh Sills played some offensive tackle today. Well, Josiah mm-hmm. Scott played some safety today. Mm-hmm. Um, I am curious if that's a good thing or a bad thing for him. I'm leaning good thing for now because it shows versatility. Maybe it's not a good thing because they think other young corners are ahead of them. So they're just trying them somewhere else. Uh, I lean toward good thing for on that yeah. one right now. And then uh, one other note. So Jordan Mailata and uh, Andre Dillard are both out with, concussions at the moment jordan mylato was back out on the field today didn't practice but he was out there uh andre dillard not yet out there at all no so, you're wrong he was out there oh he was okay yep all yeah. right he was I, wearing, I know then. he was he was like wearing sunglasses i specifically remember seeing him yeah okay well i, well, I think the sunglasses are an indication maybe that uh i i would i would think mylato right. is probably more likely to come back first among those two players um, sure. but yeah, bummer for Dillard because he was having, you know, a really good camp when he got hurt. Yeah. They'll be back soon. Boston Scott, a new injury, by the way, he took that big hit from Marcus Epps on Thursday yeah. and he's dealing with a concussion now and missing time. And you know, I think he'll make the roster, but not great when he's missing time. And Jason Huntley is kind of stepping up a little mm-hmm. bit. So Jason Huntley, by the way, the latest player on the team out here. Trucking is he? people. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in, sorry, in, sorry, sorry, sorry. The light is running back. On oh, the okay. Team. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that sorry. Important right. context. <laughs> There's like no way Britton Covey's <laughs> heavier than him. <laughs> My bad, everyone. Uh, Jimmy, why don't we take a break, but not before we hear about Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and RoachRealtors.com. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors just had a couple glasses of wine. She's uh, feeling pretty good. And... <laughs> You are it's looking at 44 so. <laughs> on Saturday. It's okay. You know, she's her week is winded down. It's I'm not okay. judging. I'm just saying for context <laughs> for people. Uh, if you are looking to buy or sell your house, uh, feel free to call her 856 906 9295. Again, 856 906 9295. Brandon, we'll be back after this. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Back here on BGN Radio, Jimmy. We already kind of got into the Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Stock up, stock down, everything. You said you agreed with me, stock even. Uh, I always... We keep this in mind here. You know, if I bend or you bend a certain way, I probably, I might owe you one a little bit or a little more willing to I could have gone uh, either move. way on my own, okay. stock up, stock down. So I'm happy to to meet you on stock even on today. So where I have him personally in camp, not the BGN radio version, but I have him personally is starting from day one and moving onward. Stock even, stock down, stock down, stock even, stock up, stock down, stock even. So I have three evens three downs and one up. So not ideal. I think you could argue for like one more up in there. Even so still, still not. I think you, it wasn't like he was going to be stuck up every day. That wasn't realistic, but I think you're looking for a little bit more. So that's disappointing, but we have him at even, and we'll see what he does in the second half of training camp. Who's your MVP for today? I think I'm going to go. Huntley. Yes. I love it. I'm going Jason Huntley. <laughs> I mean, he didn't do much. He just had those two runs. It. I guess he had other runs too, but the two that he, like, he, I don't think of him as a physical player mm-hmm. and uh, he showed something on the, on those two runs. Like there was the one, I remember there was one camp where like Wendell Smallwood just had a 
like a, <laughs> like a great camp out of nowhere. Um, and he was like running people over, chucking guys, really physical. And then he wound up not doing anything during the regular season. But mm-hmm. I mean, Huntley is, is reminding me a little bit of that right now, except he has way more speed. <laughs> so like, I think that, uh, you know, those returner positions are sort of up for grabs. Um, they certainly didn't get anything out of their kick returners. They didn't get any other punt returners for that matter. For that matter, either you have Britton Covey, you know, sort of competing for for those spots as well. Uh, but Huntley is, in my opinion, the best kick returner on the team. And if he can show yep. anything on, they're not. He's not going to make the team just on that. I don't think they're not going to keep him because he's a good kick returner. I think he's got to show that he can help in the offense too. And I think today he showed that uh, that he. You know, I mean, there's some juice there. Clearly, he can run. And if he can yeah. also run physically like that and not fumble the ball then um, yeah, he's got a real shot to make the team. Also, those skills are valuable in kick returning, you know, running through contact like that, sure. being able to, you know, make a guy either, uh, you know, bolt through a guy or, you know, stiff arm someone and be willing to get some extra guards. So, yeah, I think those are positive things, both on offense and in special teams value. I'm happy you did it. Now, he is my guy, but I can't give him a double MVP because it wasn't like that good of a practice yeah. to be able to get the double MVP, the rare award. I'm going to give it to Kaiser White who I thought mm-hmm. had a really good day. He's had a good camp overall. I don't think he's flashed necessarily as much as TJ Edwards, but he's had some moments. And today he had a really nice pass breakup, almost a near pick, I thought, on a Jalen Hurts throw to Dallas Goddard over the middle. And then he also had a play where it looked like a promising screen at first to Miles Sanders. I was like, okay, this is going to go for a decent game. Nope. Kaiser White flies in. Perfect position to make the tackle. Would have been a big hit, big pop on him if the Eagles were actually allowed to tackle in this scenario. And I gave Kaiser White, I think, a play of the a day award previously for getting pressure on Jalen Hurts. And I specifically cited his closing speed. And I think that's what we saw more of today between the pass breakup and then getting to Sanders on that screen was his speed. Like, the, you know, the Eagles have talked in the past about adding certain players, especially undersized players and their speed. And that always hasn't, I feel like, manifested. You don't always see that. I'm seeing it with Kaiser White. I think he's looked good. I'm going to give him my MVP. All right. Uh, my LVP is Fletcher Cox. Um, wow. So Fletcher Cox had a pass break. Whoa, today. where's this coming from? <laughs> he had a batted pass today, and uh, which is actually mm-hmm. a good thing, obviously. Uh, it made me think. I haven't seen him at all. Like, it's the first yeah. time I really noticed him during camp. And I'd like to be clear, when Fletcher Cox was an elite player, he often didn't do anything in camp. He, but the regular season would come around and he'd dominate, but he just didn't really try hard in camp. But that didn't matter when he was awesome. After that batted pass, I sort of, I sort of like paid attention to him in one-on-one mm-hmm. drills. And he had one of the, like the most non-effort reps I've ever seen in a one-on-one, uh, you know, O-line, D-line drill. Maybe I might be overstating it a little bit, um, but he just basically, Kind of tried to run around the offensive lineman. I don't remember who it was, and was kind of cut off. And then he just basically ran back with his defensive line teammates, and that was it. That was that was he was done for his reps for the day uh, during that period. And you know, you compare and contrast that with the way that Brandon Grant com- comes out and plays yep. uh, every day. You just see the high level of effort. Um, you know, just he comes out and he plays like like I mentioned during I think the last podcast actually where he plays like an undrafted rookie trying to make the team. And he's 34 years old. He's coming off an Achilles tear and he's basically competing like really hard every single day. I just don't see that out of Fletcher Cox. And you'd hope to see that now because he's coming off the worst season of his career. And I just haven't seen it. He's just kind of going through camp um, the way that he has his whole career. And You know, I wonder at what point that catches up to him. Uh, so, again, while he actually did a good thing today with the batted pass to the line of screen, I mean, all he did was put his arm up in the air, so I don't want to give him too much credit right. for that. But, uh, but like, it just, I don't, I don't know, he's been invisible throughout camp, and, and I, I can't, there's no really um, one player that I thought had a, had a you know, notably really bad day. Uh, so, yep. today, I'll, I'll give it to Fletch. I think it's a fair point by you. I think it's important to contrast with Brandon Graham and specifically like with Brandon Graham, veteran player, but also coming off a season or a year with something to prove in that yeah. like he wants to prove he can still play and still be a, not, not to still play, but like 
the way he's playing, like, don't take me off the field. Like, I want to lead the all defensive ends and snaps the way right. he's like playing is the way like the effort he's kind of giving like not not only am i still like here and a, a like a factor on this team but like don't play other people over me because i'm your best option like that's mm-hmm. the kind of camp and the effort he's putting forth and i think that's important to distinguish that like oh because people could be like okay well he's in that situation and cox like isn't but he is because fletcher cox is coming off a season his first one in since what I'm looking at it here since 2014 that he did not make the Pro Bowl and I thought his 2020 inclusion on the Pro Bowl was a little bit generous sure and based on reputation um not to say you know obviously still uh he's still a good player still very much an above average player yeah but that's not good enough he needs to be like one of the very best players on the team especially for what you're paying him and like it's not like I feel like he should be in a spot again where he shouldn't realize that there's more pressure on him to, you know, kind of step it up after last year. Right. And he missed the pro bowl. He came back, he got cut and he came back on a contract that I'm sure he saw that like most people were like, why did they resign him? Like you, you would think that might motivate a player to be like, I'm going to show you why they kept right. me and why I'm around here. And I'm still like, you know, and maybe he will in the regular season. I won't, if he does, then whatever, maybe that's how he gets ready for the season. And that's fine at that point. Although, you know, maybe it's not the best way to kind of uh, have the young guys around that and kind of set the standard there by leading by example. So I agree with you. Fletcher Cox, as I've said, is a player with four and a half sacks in his last 22 games, which is just like that's not cutting it. So I think it's a it's a good pick by you. It's not necessarily just about today as much as it's about, you know, uh, a bigger thing. But I think that's fine. I think it's fine to do that. I have Reed Sinet. Now, we've talked about Reed Sinet you know, having a good camp. And I, I want to clarify, because I said this on a previous podcast and I think someone got confused. They're like, you said Reed Sinet had the best training camp of any quarterback. It's <laughs> not what I said. I said he had the best training camp relative to expectation, right, relative right. to expectation, right. meaning like what you thought the player would be going into camp, which in like in, admittedly, no expectations of Reed Sinet. Right. So we the all, bar was we not all very... thought of him as the fourth quarterback. Right. Yes. The, he, he changed his number twice. This offseason because <laughs> Reddick got it when it was number seven, and then uh, then what, Zach Pascal yeah. or, or or whoever took it. Yeah, yeah. three. So yeah, he, he took three, and then Zach Pascal took three. Yeah, so like you know, he was chopped liver, and he came in, and again the bar was very low, so he didn't have to do much to surpass it, but he did. So anyway, uh, <laughs> after saying all that, I thought he had his worst day today, where he threw a really bad pick to Jacoby Stevens, like right to him in seven on seven. Uh, he had another bad pass. That was a great uh, play or, by Jacoby Stevens, by the way. That was like one sure. of those short range, like total reaction, just type of like, like within like five, 10 yards of the line of scrimmage, where he just quickly snatched it out of the air. We, we should have, uh, that, that actually should have, that that's strong uh, candidate for play of the day, in my opinion. It won't be also mine, has- but a strong candidate for one. <laughs> he almost had another pass that was picked off. Uh, he, I thought he forced it into coverage and it got tipped and Jared Maiden almost nearly came up with it. So not the end of the world, but just, I don't, I don't think it was a, a, to, to me. I looked at my notes and I was like, who had the weakest day? And it was Reed Sinet in my notes. So uh, he gets it today, which is a little unfortunate because he's not going to really get credit for the good days just because <laughs> he'd really have to write light practice on fire to get an MVP point probably over others, but it is what it is. Uh, my play of the day, because I want to give Jason Huntley credit somewhere, if I'm not going to give him the MVP, is give him, I have, quote, Jason Huntley stiff-arming the crap out of Josh Job as my play of the day. (laughs) Okay. Who do you have for yours? I have the uh, A.J. Brown catch over the middle in stride on a full-on sprint, and then stiff-arming. We both have stiff arms in our play of the day. Yes. He stiff-armed Carrie Vincent in the face twice. Um, I think that's a, a preview of what is to come uh, this season with AJ Brown's physical style of running after, with, after he has the ball in his hands, if he can stay healthy. That was very much a man amongst boys kind of <laughs> yes. look right there. Like he yeah. was AJ Brown was just toying with Kerry Vincent. He's like, you're not going to tackle me. Get like, away from get me. out of here. Yeah, <laughs> just like like slotting him away like he's a fly. Like shoot, yeah. like, get out of here. Uh, so that's a good pick by you. Um, all right, seven days down. Seven more to go, including or the next stop is again Eagles training camp practice at the link on Sunday evening. We'll be there, so uh, the podcast will be out 
either very late that night or maybe early the next morning. We have yet to decide, Jimmy, when we're actually going to record that. We'll figure that out. But regardless, it'll be there for you at some point. And Monday will be an off day for us. It'll be a walkthrough day for the team. So that's what's coming up next year. Any final thoughts for you, Jimmy? Yeah. So um, we talked about the Dick Rod controversy in a previous uh, Mm. episode where... So, okay. So in the last... Birds with Friends episode, a uh-huh. I guess they, I, I'm guessing it was a live show. It was on YouTube or something, and they it, like people who are watching can type questions or whatever. Yeah, and I they, heard this. Oh, they opened it up to questions, and somebody said that I claimed that I coined mm-hmm. Dick Rod, and that's not true at all. <laughs> like that's not yeah. that's not what we said a couple episodes. Now what I said was Bo was sort of claiming his territory as having um, coined Dick Rod. And I think that his, in, I, I, maybe I'm reading too much into Bo's intent, but I feel like he was trying to corner the market on hmm. usage of Dick Rod. And my argument, and whether he was doing that or not, I just want to be clear that Dick Rod is for everyone. Like... <laughs> Dick Rod for every the Dick Rod for everyone is my slogan for for twenty twenty two. Rachel, just clip that part for the podcast <laughs> promo. Just Jimmy just saying Dick Rod is for everyone and no context, and that's the only that's right. promo for this pod. Yeah, Dick Rod's for everyone, and um, I I I feel like you know everyone should be able to enjoy in the gloriousness of you know tweeting talking about Dick Rod. Now you went ahead while we were recording uh that episode and you looked at like the first time that i haven't had ever mentioned dick rod and the first time Bo had and you had and what did you say it was april 5th was the first time that i had mentioned it on twitter which it was, yeah it was pretty much when they signed him 2018 i believe so and he I was couldn't signed... find one from Bo until 2020 okay so he was signed april 4th of 2018 i first mentioned dick rod uh, April 5th. So it was a day after they signed him. And in that tweet, as you noted, I didn't even take credit. Then I said that my friend said, Oh, Hey, texted me, said, Hey, by the way, uh, hit like his name could be Dick Rod. <laughs> so like I tweeted yes. that out. Uh, so to be very clear, I am not taking, trying to take credit for coining mm. Dick Rod. I feel like, um, this, this uh, charlatan uh, questioner listening, listening in on the, and actually they're a listener of ours too, because they would have, because he knew right. that I said something about Dick. So, so we like, we love him for listening to our show, but uh, you know, you know, as well as I do, my friend that whoever tweeted that, whoever asked them that question, you know, that I just didn't say that I coined Dick Rod. I was very clear that Kevin DeLacy brought Dick Rod to my attention. So again, um, my messaging here is I didn't try I didn't coin it, not making that claim. And I feel that whoever did claim, and by the way, like Packers fans called him Dick Rod long before he right. ever signed with the Eagles. I'm not taking credit for it. My messaging here is that Dick Rod is for everybody. I will say that regardless of who invented it or whatever, that if Bo was going to claim like he popularized it or or invented it either way and you don't have any tweets about it before 2020 when he was on the team since 2018 like that's you know i think that's a bit of a stretch to me that's all i'll say uh all right my final thought is i want to read two apple podcast reviews make sure you you know leave these rate review subscribe if you've already left a review you can leave another one it updates and it goes to the top of the feed so i can see it and read it like the two i will read here quickly for you jimmy Number one is interviews with the other media was awesome. This is from Philly fans. Good. Hyphen AFS. Yeah. I asked people for the feedback on these and they delivered the training camp interviews with the other media members was awesome. I love quote inside baseball stuff. Jeff McLean had a great stories and uh, I agree. And Jimmy let everyone down by not recording one today on Saturday. (laughs) So I told everyone in my practice notes to go yell at you on Twitter. So if you get any tweets, uh, there you go. I have not yet, but I haven't checked in a little bit. So okay. we'll see. Wow. Shot fired at me. No one's reading my notes. Uh, second one comes from Eric S in Oakland. Shout out to Eric out there in the Bay area. 
BGN rules plus ice cream. Love Jimmy and Brandon. Lots of great analysis and laughs. They help me stay up to date on the Eagles. Plus you get the occasional ice cream analysis. Love Mr. Softy getting a shout out recently. Chocolate Jimmy's all the way. Would love to hear your favorite ice cream shops. Jimmy, do you have a favorite ice cream shop? Hey there, BGN radio listeners. The internet connection that Jimmy Kemsky and I had was not good at the end of BGN Radio episode 262. So I'm recording this little makeshift ending for us here because I don't know exactly where the pod ended uh, from our recording and what was picked up and what was not. So just figured really quickly I would add, thank you for listening. As always, check out RighteousFelon.com. Use discount code BGN20 for 20% off for a special time going on right now. You can also want to check out Kristen Roach of RoachRealers.com if you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a house. Follow me on Twitter at Brandon Gatton. Follow Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram, not Instagram. At Jimmy Kemsky. Do all that good stuff. And then we will be back here with you for another podcast. Again, either late on Sunday night because the practice is at 7, so it'll be pretty late. Or early on Monday at some point before Tuesday you will have a podcast for the off day at some point with our recap of Sunday's session. So thanks for staying tuned to BGN and we'll talk to you next time. This is where Jimmy says goodbye, everybody. BGN. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on? Oh, Mom? No. <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.